Ah, good morning and a very happy Sid Valley Radio Sunday to you all. I'm Adrian Brown and you're listening to the house band on my Sunday morning mod slot, Booker T and the MGs. However, you may have noticed that the boys aren't playing our signature tune, Green Onions, this week. And if you were with me last week, you'll remember that I promised you a very, very special show today. And so it is, because we are going to be celebrating the life and work of the very wonderful Burt Bacharach. So Tom, take it away. Pussycat, I've got flowers and lots of hours to spend with you. So go and part of your cute little pussycat nose. Pussycat, pussycat, I love you. Yes, I do. You and your pussycat nose. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new, pussycat? Pussycat, pussycat, you're so thrilling and I'm so willing to care for you. So go and make up your big little pussycat eyes. Pussycat, pussycat, I love you. Yes, I do. You and your pussycat eyes. What's new, pussycat? Whoa! What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Pussycat, pussycat, you're delicious. And if my wishes can all come true, I'll soon be kissing your sweet little pussycat lips. Pussycat, pussycat, I love you. Yes, I do. And your pussycat lips You and your pussycat eyes You and your pussycat nose Marvellous, the great Tom Jones' powerhouse performance of the title song for the 1964 film What's New Pussycat, written by Backrack and David uh, Although a bit of a hit and miss as a film it's, and it's certainly received a lot of negative press um, the film that starred Peter O'Toole, Peter Sellers and Woody Allen couldn't be and wasn't all that all that bad. Uh, title song, of course, The Great Burt Bacharach, lyrics by Hal David. Before we go any further, I'd like to say a very happy Sunday to you all. Um, groom old January is out the way and now in February and spring is on the way and The Six Nations is also underway. And a uh, quick report on yesterday, um, Ireland, top of the class, England, see me after class. Right, um, yeah, Burt Bacharach, discuss. Well, sadly, the great man passed away on the 8th of February last year. And uh, for a long time, even before I decided to come back to SVR, I knew that if I did, I'd want to mark Bacharach's life in some way. And before we go any further, I just want to do a bit of housekeeping and tell you how today's going to play out. Firstly, this isn't a history lesson or biography. Of course, I'll be scattering a few fascinating facts and figures around here and there. And when considering the great man's work, it would be remiss of me not to mention straight off that he wrote 73 US and 52 UK top 40 hits, 
and among the many awards she won were six Grammys, three Oscars, two Golden Globes, an Emmy and a BAFTA. But today it's all about the music. The second thing is, although we wrote hundreds and hundreds of songs that were covered by thousands and thousands of artists between 1952 and 2003, I'm going to concentrate on the 60s, the decade where I and a lot of other people know far more than me consider that Bacharach did his, his, his best and most memorable work. Which swiftly leads me on to my third point. Most of Bacharach's work in the 60s was in partnership with a brilliant lyricist, Hal David, as I've already mentioned, and every bouquet, metaphorically speaking, that I'll be flinging in Bacharach's direction will have David's name on it too. So, this is the deal for today. As ever, we'll be having our threesome, the Jazz One and the current Mrs B's Housewife's Choice, and they will all be Bacharach David tracks. In addition, I'll be playing a lot more of the dynamic duo superlative outfit, um, from um, popular music's greatest golden age, but every track I play today will be followed, every Bacharach track that is, will be followed by a non-Bacharach David track that was around the same time. Are you with me at the back there? Good, okay. Let's get started. I'm sure you'll soon pick it up as we go along. Just love me with all my faults The way that I love you I'm begging you Don't make me over Don't make me over Now that you've got me at your
lovely swinging blue jeans there with Don't Make Me Over, written originally for Dionne Warwick and released in October 1962 uh, as the lead single from a debut album, uh, presenting Dionne Warwick. Um, of course, Dionne's original is the best and definitive version, but I thought I'd give the... Uh, the, the Mersey Beat group, a little, a little run out there. Now, we will hear the magic. We'll see the method in my madness, because in that same week when the, the, um, the Swing Blue Jeans had it in the charts in February um, 1966, a very young chap, very promising young chap by the name of Stevland Hardaway Judkins uh, made his first major assault on the UK's charts with a song that he'd co-written, and everything certainly was all right. Stevie Wonder there, the artist previously known as Steveland Hardaway Judkin. Parents could be so cruel, can't they? See, the sister works. A very good morning from Uncle Bob's dog Luna there. 
She's really beautiful, real, real honey, but a bit noisy. Okay, right, we've hardly started, um, but I already have to confess to a little bit of cheating. Our next track was written by Backrack and David for their 1968 uh, musical Promises, Promises, which was based on Billy Wilder's superb 1960 uh, comedy film The Apartment, which starred Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. Uh, subsequent. The several versions released as artists, uh, Dion Warwick, of course, Johnny Mathis, and Backrack had a go himself. But it's Mississippi-born country star Bobby Gentry who took the song to the number one on the UK charts um, on 12th of October 1969. Now, here lies the problem. Um, it's a great song, but frankly, neither the current Mrs B or I like uh, Gentry's handling of the material. But fortunately, Bert was on hand personally to help us out in the company of this bloke. Smashing, baby. What do you get when you fall in love? A guy with a pin to burst your bubble. That's what you get for all your trouble. I fall in love again I'll never fall in love again What do you get when you kiss a girl? You get enough chance to catch pneumonia After you do, she'll never phone you I'll never fall in love again Never fall in love again Don't tell me what it's all about Cause I've been there and I'm glad I'm out Out of those chains, those chains that bind you That is why I'm here to remind you What do you get when you give your heart? You get it all broken up and battered what you get, a heart to shattered I'll never fall in love again Oh, I'll never fall in love again
Do you know, that's really lovely, isn't it? Elvis Costello with Backrack on Piano back in 1999. Was it that long ago? <clears throat> Excuse me. Giving us a lovely rendition of I'll Never Fall in Love Again. Taken, of course, from the second film in the Austin Powers uh, triptych, The Spy Who Made Love to Me in a Most Energetic and Enthusiastic Manner. I had to say that. You never know who might be listening. Um, now, rather than play a track from 1999, I've done a little bit of time travelling. I've gone back to, ni- back to 1969 for our complimentary number. And when Bobby Gentry was at number one, this was at number eight.
wonderful, wonderful David Bowie there with Space Oddity from 1969. Never has a double hand clap have more resonance. A very good morning to my very good friend and sometime comrade in arms, John Shepherd and his lovely wife Elaine. I hope you're having a great weekend and a first greeting to my really very good friends as well, Richard and Trevor. First time they've listened in. Uh, uh, sincerely hope it's not the last and if you like Burt Bacharach you have landed in the right place um right time for the uh, first offering in this week's threesome um if deciding what to leave out of this week's playlist was difficult painful and, and a lengthy task then deciding what my threesome would be was easy painless and it must have taken all the five seconds and you could stop wondering why I haven't played Dion Warwick yet Backrack noticed the young singer who had become the greatest and longest-serving interpreter of uh, his and Hal David's work in 1962 when she was backing uh, vocals for the Drifters. Double quick time, she was signed up to Backrack and David's production company and to Scepter Records. The partnership would provide Backrack with the freedom to produce Warwick without the control of recording company executives, and history shows, of course, that Warwick's musical ability and education, and dare I say genius, complemented Bacharach's and allowed him to compose more meaningful and timeless songs. And uh, it's my view that of all the artists uh, who sang his material, it's, it's Dion Warwick that stands at the very pinnacle, and I don't think that's, that, that's particularly um, con- a contentious thing to say. So here's the first one. Parking cars and pumping gas. I've got lots of 
Do you know, I think I'm going to be saying, wow, just how good is that a lot today? Wow, how just how good is that? Uh, do you know the way to San Jose, which hit number eight on the 5th of June in 1968 on the UK charts? And it was Dion Warwick's biggest international hit at that point, selling several million copies worldwide and winning Warwick her first Grammy Award. She's often said that uh, winning this award was the overall highlight of her career, and that's quite a claim from someone who's second only to Aretha Franklin as the most charted female vocalist of all time. And, um, yeah, five Grammys. What a star. What an absolute star. And a perfect um, perfect interpreter of Backrack and David's work. Now, while that was at number eight on the 5th of June 1968, this was at number nine. Be nice to get on with me neighbours But they make it very clear They've got no room for ravers Bit of your actual cockney there, Governor. 
The Small Faces uh, with uh, Lazy Sunday Afternoon, which reached number two, um, written by Steve Marriott and Ronnie Lane, um, sub- subsequently would appear on the band's 1968 concept album, Ogden's Nut Gone Flake. Uh, the song was inspired by Marriott's feuds with his neighbours, most probably because they had no room for ravers, and Steve Marriott was probably the biggest raver in pop history. Unless my show likes mistake me, this is Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass with the main theme from the 1967 film Casino Royale, composed, of course, by Burt Bacharach. And this week it's standing in for Harry J and his All-Stars as the introductory music for the current Mrs B's weekly housewife's choice. Supposed to be loosely based on Ian Fleming's first James Bond novel... Like our earlier film, What's New Pussycat, uh, it, was, it was, in all fairness, a bit of a mishmash of a film. Um, pretty self-indulgent 1960s fare, uh, and it got absolutely panned by the critics. But again, it had a cast to die for, including David Niven, Peter Sellers and Woody Allen again, Orson Welles and Ursula Andress in lead roles, most of the rest of the great and the good British cinema in supporting roles, and even Peter O'Toole and Sterling Moss put in an uncredited appearance so, so they could work a no-doubt party with the rest of the cast. And I loved it when I was a nine-year-old and I was taken to see it at the Barking Odium. I saw it again a couple of years ago and I think it's to say, fair to say it hasn't stood the test of time. But this has. Look of love is in
stunning. The look of love, Dusty Springfield. Uh, it's played in the film. It's played in the scene where Vespa, who is played by Ursula Andress, uh, recruits, strokes, seduces Evelyn, who's played by Peter Sellers, and it's shot through a man-sized aquarium. And it was the song was nominated for the uh, best original song at the, the Oscars. I wonder how much seducing. Bearing in mind we're talking about Ursula Andress here, I wonder how much seducing Sellers needed. Not a lot, I'd suspect. The soundtrack to Casino Royale was released on the Coal Gems label in April 1967, around the time that our contemporary track spent two weeks at number three on UK single charts. And uh, Mrs Brown, you're going to love this one. Monkeys there with a little bit me, a little bit you, written by Neil Diamond, and it's also released on the Coal Gems label and provided Britain's very own Davy Jones with his first on a Monkeys single. Now, I'm going to spill the beans here because uh, the current Mrs. B is a big fan of the Monkeys, and as a little girl back in the 1960s, and still as a big girl today, Massive crush on the diminutive Mancunian um, David Jones, who in previous lives had been an amateur race jockey, 
I played the Artful Dodger in Oliver, both on the, in the West End and on Broadway, and perhaps most importantly, I played Ina Sharple's grandson in Coronation Street. There, Mrs Brown, just for you, my love. I've had a wonderful surprise this morning. Last week, my, my cousin Julie got in touch, and today... Her mother, my aunt, Val, has got in touch. So she loves the show. Great stuff. Thank you for joining us. Much love to um, you and Bill. And um, she mentions a certain song, uh, which I can't play on radio, um, but Bill is a virtuoso on the uh, accordion. And there's a particular song that was originally done by Doc Cox under the pseudonym of Ivor Biggin and the Red-Nosed Burglars. And he thumps that out at parties. And it's it's great, but... Not for not for a family show like this, I'm afraid. Val, hope you're having a, a lovely Sunday. What's up next? Oh, I say. What's this we have? Hoving into view. Four young men with newly acquired lengthy pudding bowl haircuts? Surely not. It couldn't be. It is, you know. It's not the way you smile that touched my heart It's not the way you kiss that tears me apart Oh, many, many, many nights go by I sit alone at home and I cry over you What can I do? Baby, it's you
The Beatles, the Fab Four with their version of Baby It's You, uh, written by Backrack, not in the company of Hal David for a change. It's Barney Williams and Luther Dixon he wrote that with, and uh, first recorded by the Shirelles in 1961 and uh, appropriated by uh, Liverpool's Best as part of their stage act at the Cavern and their second stint in Hamburg, and then they went on to record it on February the 11th, 1963, for their first album, Please Please Me, and don't forget, they recorded the album in one day. Um, Amazing. The, The album was released on the 22nd of March, and at that time, this had just entered the chart. Jerry and the Pacemakers with How Do You Do It. Bit of an interesting history to that song. Um, Writer's song Mitch Murray originally offered it to Adam Faith and to Brian Paul of the Tremolos fame, uh, but was turned down. They they, they weren't interested. Um, The next port of call, George Martin of EMI, um, felt the song had enormous potential and decided to pick it up for the new group he was producing. Yeah, you know it, the Beatles, uh, as the A-side for their first single. However... John, Paul, George and Ringo weren't really interested in recording. They felt it didn't fit their sound. And they worked out several changes to uh, Murray's demo disc, um, introducing a new introduction, vocal harmony, an instrumental interlude and some changes to the lyrics. And uh, so basically they changed it completely. And they uh, recorded this heavily amended version on the 4th of September uh, 1962. And that's just after Ringo had joined the band. Um, To cut a long story short, the Beatles version was shelved as EMI publisher um, Ardmore and Beachwood were only interested in publishing Lennon-McCartney material. And they were were bright guys, weren't they? Uh, While Murray, who didn't like the changes anyway, didn't want his song relegated to the b-side martin still had faith in the song's appeal and uh he had another new client in the emi stable 
Jerry and the Pacemakers. And Messrs. Marsden and Co. released their debut single on the 14th, uh, um, 1963, and 14th of April, uh, sorry, 14th of March, and it became their debut single and it reached number one in the UK singles chart on 11th of April, 1963, where it stayed for three weeks until being supplanted by the first Beatles number one, From Me to You. Okay, what's up next? Yeah, we're going to have the second of our Dion Warwick threesome. This was released in August 1964, and it was the uh, follow-up single to Walk On By. And, uh, yeah, this is just beautiful. Beautiful. You'll never get to heaven if you break my heart. And the B-side of that 
stunning song. It was another stunning song. A house is not a home. And considering the fact that such a beautiful number, it deserved much better success than the, than its high spot of number 20 on, on the UK charts. And uh, around that time, it was left behind by this little number. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round, I get around, I get around. Just make you long for summer. Um, I get around by the Beach Boys, written by, <coughs> excuse me, Brian Wilson and Mike Love. Uh, the opening track from the 1964 album All Summer Long, and released on as a single on May 11th, 1964. Again, with a very good B-side. Um, Don't worry, baby. But one of America's biggest hits since the British invasion, and the single became the Beach Boys' first chart-topping hit in the UK and it was the beginning of what is known as an unofficial rivalry between Brian Wilson and the Beatles. Um, Mike Love, he was only added as co-writer after he took Wilson to court in 1992. Uh, He claimed that he hadn't received due credit as co-writer on 79 Beach Boys songs and um, he also claimed a load of dosh for uh, being the co-writer. After an eight-week-long trial, Love won the case, um, with the jury ruling that Wilson and his agents had engaged in promissory fraud with respect to publishing credits and royalties. And Love was subsequently awarded co-writing credits to 35 songs, and as well as a cool $13 million. He later said that it was almost certainly the largest case of fraud in music history. What Brian Wilson had to say about the subject, well, it just doesn't bear thinking about, does it? It is time for our weekly Jazz One. 
and as I promised earlier, it's going to be a Bacharach number. Um, on the 2nd of December 1966, a recording of a jazz album of 15 Bacharach and David classics uh, began at the world-famous Van Gelder Studios in New Jersey and it t- taken in sessions at studios in New York and Chicago. The final notes was played on Valentine's Day 1968, and how apt is that? It was an ambitious project, including full brass and string orchestras and a number of eminent jazz musicians, and the whole thing was going to be led by um, a tenor saxophonist and there is really only ever going to be one person in the frame for that role. Stan Getz. Stan Getz was known as The Sound because of his sumptuous lyrical tone. And like so many sax players who came to prominence in the 1940s, his major influence and idol was Lester Young. Now, at the age of 13, Getz fell in love with the tenor and began practising eight hours a day, bunking off school to do so. And over the next few years, he earned his education uh, playing in big bands led by Nat King Cole, Lionel Hampton, Stan Kenton, Jimmy Dorsey, Benny Goodman and Woody Herman, and that's what I call an education. Uh, and they, he then embarked on a wide and very very varied solo career, um, embracing bebop, the icy cool jazz that largely came from California and was known as West Coast Jazz, and then influenced by Brazil's Yao Gilberto and Antonio, Antonio Carlos Jobim, he popularised Bossa Nova around the world. When with singer Astrid Gilberto, he recorded the hit single The Girl from Ipanema in 1964. Um, Ronnie Scott, whose uh, who's world-famous jazz club, uh, gets appeared in the 1960s, considered him not only to be a consummate saxophonist, but a consummate, consummate pain in the rear end as well. And I've told you about the bloke who got me into modern jazz, my my stepfather, Dennis, and he was in the audience when Getz played his first set at Ronnie Scott's club in 1964. And he said that Stan the Man wouldn't play a note until he'd had absolute silence. And then if someone spoke, he'd simply stop until all was quiet and then he'd start again. Now, that may not be the way to win friends and influence people, but to counter that, I would say to hear him play was to be vouchsafed a glimpse or taste of whatever you like of heaven and I'd have jolly well kept quiet. So here he is with his lovely jazz waltz rendition of one of Backrack and David's finest. It's as light as a souffle and I'd strongly suggest you stick around for the next two minutes and 58 seconds. Here we go. Thank you. 
understand a man with what the world needs now is love. And isn't that the truth? Uh, the title track from Stan Getz plays Backrack and David. Remember, I said that the last note on the recording was played on Valentine's Day 1968. Well, Manfred Mann were at number one on the UK charts with their cover of Bob Dylan's The Mighty Quinn. But we'll uh, hear from them a little bit later. So instead, let's, let's keep the love thing going with the track that had been number one for the two preceding weeks. Love Affair from London, um, Everlasting Love. After the Beatles, they were 1968's best-selling UK singles artists. So there they are, Love Affair with a big orchestra, Madeline Bell and Kiki D on backing vocals. Great stuff. We are now going to trip back to 1963 for our next uh, Bacharach and David song. Um, arguably their most controversial on the on account of its undeniably... Um, 
sexist lyrics. Backrack and David were commissioned to write a promotional song for film on the theme of marital extracurricular activity. Um, I like to think that some 60 years on, we're living in more enlightened times. And Frank, thankfully, the film was absolutely panned by the critics for the piece of dross that it was. But, you know, despite the prehistoric subject matter, it really is a great number um, that's been covered by, among others, uh, the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, Dion Warwick, Andy Williams, Julie London, and Bert himself again. Uh, but for me, this is the best version. Um, Jack Jones from 1963. Hey, little girl, comb your hair, fix your makeup soon. He will open the door Don't think because there's a ring on your finger You needn't try anymore For wives should always be lovers too Run to his arms the moment he comes home to you I'm warm Today there are girls at the office And men will always be men Don't send him off with your hair still in curlers You may not see him again For wives should always be lovers too Run to his arms the music time to get ready Jack Jones and his Grammy Award-winning version of Wives and Lovers, which was released both as a single and an album in September 1963. Now, as you know, I'm following each backrack track with uh, a contemporary track that was around at, the, around at the same time, and I spent a long time trawling through the charts for September, October 1963 for a contemporary track. And to be honest, it was a fruitless search. Um, the charts for that, that period of time, towards Taylor in 1963, with the exception of the Beatles, who we've already heard from, uh, the Stones, who we're going to hear from shortly, and the Beach Boys, it's pretty grim stuff. Um, so I cast my net a little wider and checked out the albums that have been released, and joy of joys, I found an absolute gem. 
take my favourite female vocalist of all time, put her in front of a big band that swings like a bell, give them a song written by Duke Ellington, and you get something like this. Ella Fitzgerald, the Count Basie Orchestra with Satin Dull, written by Duke Ellington and his longtime arranger Billy Strayhorn, um, with lyrics by the great Johnny Mercer. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, here is the third of this week's threesome. P- probably the best known Backrack David track of all, arguably the best two. If you see me walking down the street 
And I start to cry Each time we meet Walk on Like the words uh, genius and great, class, I suppose, is a word that is both misused and overused, uh, but not when it's used to describe Dion Warwick. The Divine Dion with Walk On By recorded in the winter of 1963 and released on the 26th of April the following year. And on that day, our complimentary track was sitting at number eight in the UK charts. And this one was an absolute no-brainer.
ludicrously good. The Rolling Stones uh, in 1 minute and 48 seconds uh, were a nod in the direction of Bo Diddley with their definitive 1964 version of Buddy Holly's Not Fade Away. Um, Bob Blues, supremo of Sid Valley Radio. He's not actually in the studio with me at the moment. I'm all on my lonesome, but he's listening from home and he's saying, sounded good. Well, thank you, Bob. That's rare praise. And huzzah, following the stones, we have a mini British 1960s invasion. That you said goodbye I thumbed right through my little red book I wasn't gonna sit and cry And I went from A to Z I took out every pretty girl in town They danced with me And while I held them All I did was to talk about you Hear your name and I start to cry Just ever could replace your love And each girl in my little red book Knows you're the one I'm thinking of Won't you please come back to me Without your precious love I can't go on Where can you be? I need you so much All I do is to talk about you Hear your name and I thought to cry The wonderful Manfred Mann and Paul Jones in vocals with their version of uh, Backrack and David's My Little Red Book, which was originally written for the aforementioned What's New Pussycat. Uh, the Manfreds were chosen because they were signed to United Artists Records in the States and they were therefore cheap. Uh, it was recorded um, at the session at EMI Studios in London in April 65, and two versions of the song were recorded one for the film and one as a single release in the United States. And this came to pass on May the 26th, 1965. And meanwhile, across the pond in dear old England, one of our greatest rock bands launched their second single, and they had a bucket load of feedback to bring to the party. I can live anyhow I can go anywhere 
the ooh with any way, anyhow, anywhere, sandwiched between I can't explain and my generation. And if you are a mod like me, that's a pretty tasty sandwich, I must say. It was released in the UK on the 21st of May, 65. And it's written um, written by Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend. And it's the only time they wrote together. If that's, if that's not a, a geek fact you can uh, use to amaze and delight your friends, I, I don't know what is. Well, we've heard from the two of the greatest female singers of the 20th century already this morning. And... I think it would be fair to refer to Dion and Ella as, as queens in their respective field. Um, let's have a third. This is my 
marvellous. Just in case you're wondering why you're hearing a lot of Burt Bacharach this morning, it's because you're listening to my Burt Bacharach's special. Um, I'll say a little prayer there from um, Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Soul, um, taken from her 1968 album Aretha Now. Um, Bacharach and David written, of course, it became Franklin's biggest UK hit, peaking at number four. Um, it's amazing, isn't it? Because my good friend and occasional co-presenter, John Shepard, known as Sheps, uh, messaged me a few minutes ago to say how much he's loving the show. And I said, OK, guess what's up next? And he got it. He got it in one. John, well done, mate. Um, we either think alike too much or I'm getting too obvious. Make your own mind up there, Johnny boy. Um, right, at the time when Aretha Franklin was strutting her stuff, our next track was sitting at number 37 on the UK charts, but it would go a lot higher. Absolute knockout. Tommy James and the Shondells with Money Money. Uh, it quite rightly spent three weeks at the top number one in the UK singles chart. Now, 
I know you like a, a geek fact, so here's an absolute blinder for you. Tommy, Tommy James claims that the song uh, title was inspired by his view of the M-O-N-Y sign atop the insurance company Mutual of New York, headquarters building on the New York City skyline um, from his Manhattan apartment. Um, I've always thought, said Tommy, that if I looked the other way, it might have been called Hotel Taft. No doubt, Tommy, but it wouldn't have scanned, mate, would it? Now, if we're going to jump into our Sid Valley um, radio time machine and go back to 1964, um, you'd have undoubtedly have this backracker David number running through your head. In fact, you wouldn't have much choice because it sat at number one again for three weeks. Although it was written for Dion Warwick, it was the Dagnum Diva who recorded the definitive version. the city streets you used to walk along with me and every step I take recalls how much in love we used to be oh how can I forget you when there is always something there to a part of me When shadows fall I pass a small cafe where we would dance at night And I can't help recalling how it felt to kiss and hold you tight Oh how can I forget you when there is always something there to part of me Sandy Shaw, there is always something there to remind me. And uh, the current Mrs. Brown, as sharp as attack, has, has picked up that that is not the original version. Quite right, too. It's a fair cop lover, but society is to blame. 
the very lovely Sandy Shaw, who took over the number one spot in October 1964 from Roy Orbison, although they spot places again on the 12th of November. and Pretty Woman. Uh, yeah, you're listening to our Backrack special and our our next track. Um, I only played a few weeks ago. Um, it was part of my Scott Walker threesome um, a couple of weeks ago. But I've got no apologies for playing this again because it is just so good. Um, the Windows of the World, uh, Backrack and David, uh, written as a vehicle for Dion Warwick, in 1967 and perhaps even more controversial than wives and lovers it's it's unique in the vast canon of the great men's works it was written as a a protest albeit a subtle one against american involvement in the vietnam war perhaps because of this it never made much of an impression on on the um u.s charts but warwick would later say it was a favorite of all her singles and i'm not surprised 
in Scott Walker's hands, oh my God, it's simply a thing of beauty. of the world are covered with rain Where is the sunshine we once knew Everybody knows when little children play they need a sunny day Let the sun shine through Shine through 
Oh, lost for words. Absolute stunning track. Uh, be absolutely beautiful. I've actually got a lump in my throat. Um, going from one beautiful song to another, our final contemporary track uh, was co-written by the incredible duo of Otis Redding and guitarist Steve Cropper. Redding started writing the lyrics to the song in August 1967 while sitting on a rented houseboat in uh, Sausalito, California, and it was recorded by Redding twice in 1967, including once just days before his awful death in, in, in a plane crash. After that terrible event, uh, Cropper mixed the fine result we know and love today at Stack Studios. Uh, he added the sounds of seagulls and waves crashing into the background, just as Otis Redding had requested. Um, yeah, here we go. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in And then I'll watch them roll away again Yeah, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time I left my home in Georgia Headed for the Frisco Bay Cause I've had nothing to live for And look like nothing's gonna come my way So I'm just gonna sit on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time Look like nothing's gonna change Everything still remains the same People tell me to do So I guess I'll remain the same yes. Sitting here resting my bones And this loneliness won't leave me alone Listen, two thousand miles I roam Just to make this dock my home Now I'm just gonna sit at the dock of a bay Watching the tide roll away Ooh, I'm sitting on a darker bay Wasting time Otis Redding with Dock of the Bay, uh, released on Stax Records' vault label on January the 8th, 1968. It became the first posthumous single to top the charts in the US, and it spent 15 weeks in the UK charts, uh, reaching number three on the 27th of February. Unfortunately, it was, um, and I speak as a massive Beatles fan, it was held off the top spot by 
by Lady Madonna. Um, time is against us. I think we have time for a couple more um, Bacharach tracks. And we're going to start with one that, uh, again, Bacharach and David wrote for Dionne Warwick um, in 1963. But this version released on January the 31st, 1964, and produced by the mighty um, George Martin, is the one most people um, remember. And uh, anyone who had a heart, Ursula. Anyone who ever loved Could look at me And know that I love you Anyone who ever dreamed Could look at me And know I dream of you Knowing I Goodbye, dear Loving you the way I do I take you back Without you I'd die, dear Black. Anyone who knows me well uh, knows that I'm, I'm not the world's greatest fan of Scylla Black, um, but I have to say, well, the power and emotion she pick, packs into that is quite something. Here's Jean Pitney. Dearest, darling, I had to write to say that I won't be home. Anymore Cause something happened To me While I was driving home And I'm not the same Anymore Oh I was only 
24 hours from Tulsa. We have just about time for a little drizzle of BJ Thomas. Raindrops are falling on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling I just did me some talking to the sun And I said I didn't like the way he got things done Sleeping on the job Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling But there's one thing I know The blues they send to me I'm coming home now right away I'm coming home baby now 
I'm sorry now I ever went away Every night and day I go and stay I'm coming home baby Oh dear, once again the bony finger of that cheeky old so-and-so, old father time, has pushed the hands of the clock round faster, far faster than he had any right to. And here to prove it is my good friend Mr Mel Torme with I'm Coming Home Baby. Thank you very much for your company this morning. I hope you've enjoyed today's tribute to the great man, or indeed great men, as much as I have. I'm off home now to the current Mrs. B, Monty the Cat, and where no doubt an afternoon of self-indulgence, decadence, hedonism and scrabble awaits. No change there then. I'll be back next Sunday to serve yet another superabundance of scintillating sounds to stroke, stimulate and satisfy your senses. So make sure you listen in, please do. Until then... Have a super Sunday, a wonderful week, and above all else, make sure you keep that faith safe, sound, and wrapped up in cotton wool. Take it away, Mel. I'm coming home, baby. I'm coming home. Back now, no more. I'm pressing on, baby, now. And pacing up and down the floor. Oh, hear me holler and hear me roar. Gonna be with you evermore. I'm coming home. I'm coming home, baby, now. Oh, baby, say you're coming home. That's what I say. I say I'm coming home. Something's wrong. The road is long, baby, now. What do we do right on?